0: Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel. If you're interested in finding more resources or you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to gconline.org forward slash watch. Anyways, I'm so glad you're here today. Um, As we press into this series on Uh, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. There's just, it's like digging for gold. Um, I don't know if you watch any TV shows uh, that are in that thought process. We were watching The Curse of Oak Island. And you know, it's always like, you're looking for this uh, gold piece that's coming up all the time. It's like looking for a treasure. And I feel like the Beatitudes is like this unearthing of all of this treasure. I mean, this is it, man. And so uh, we get a chance to just sit here and take it all in. Today, we're going to be looking at the uh, topic of peace. Not that we need it. The truth is, we have unrest and hostility and conflict all around us. We're surrounded by it. If you look in our society, there's political unrest, there's moral unrest, there's racial unrest, there's economic unrest, there's military unrest, there's international unrest. Do you think we need peace? Yeah, we need peace. I think people long for that. We long for that again. We long for a sense of peace. But we don't want a placebo piece. We want something that is is real. We want something that touches our souls. Truth is, when we read Scripture, we find that this, Jesus mentions over and over again, as time goes on, it's not going to get better. It's going to get more challenging. But yet, in the midst of it, he said you can have peace. I'm like, I'm down for that down for that. That's, that's what I want. I want that kind of peace. And so today, as we look at this passage of scripture, he begins to speak to the disciples as well as us about our role in being peacemakers, peace givers. So let's read it. It's uh, in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 9. And this is what he says Blessed or spiritually prosperous is the way we've translated that. Spiritually prosperous are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. A peacemaker, that word literally means this it means one who seeks to bind or join together that which is broken or divided. That's a peacemaker. Someone who seeks to bind together that which has been broken or divided. In the classical Greek, it was known as someone who was an ambassador sent to seek peace between two parties or two countries. And so we begin to get a picture of what's going on here. I can just imagine the disciples at this point I mean, they were looking, they weren't looking to be peacemakers. They were looking to be revolutionaries. Like we want the Messiah to come to throw off this bondage of Roman rule and oppression. We want our freedom back. And Jesus, I'm not sure what you're doing. But you're calling us to be peacemakers. And as we begin to unpack that, we realize that the whole mission that Jesus came to accomplish was to bring peace, was to bring peace. And so we're going to look at that this morning. What was Jesus calling the disciples to in his call to be a peacemaker? And the first thing I think we need to identify is what's the, the barrier inhibiting peace? I think of a couple of kids, when my kids were younger, they would, you know, there would be a little conflict happening and I'd sit them down, and I'd go, uh, stop it, what are you doing? It always solved all the problems, that's all I had to do, it was amazing. I just, dad speaks, stop it. No, that's not what happened, they are like, yeah, wait till dad leaves, I'm coming after you, <laughs> you know, type thing and it's this, The reality of just the cessation of hostility or conflict is not the reality of peace. With those kids, it's sitting them down and saying, what's going on? Well, so-and-so did this, and and it's beginning to unearth what's truly the root of the conflict. And when we look at scripture, this is what we find. We find that there's peace that is lacking and peace that is missing. And we need to unearth and say, well, why? Where did it go? Why is it, why is it absent? Why is peace not present? And so if we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, we, we look and initially there was peace. Adam and Eve in this garden is a perfect environment. Their relationship with God and each other was perfect. There was this beautiful time of peace. But then that peace was interrupted. It was interrupted when the evil one came and began to tempt Adam and Eve and spoke all these lies and they bought the lie of the evil one and sin entered the world and broke the relationship and created the divide between us and God and us and one another. Listen, I want you to hear this. The root of all conflict, the root of all rebellion, the root of all hostility is sin. It's sin, it's it's rooted in the heart of mankind. I want you to hear this in Romans chapter five, in verse 12, he says this, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, talking about Adam, and death through sin, oh great. So not just do we have sin, but now we have death because of sin, right? And so death spread to all men because all of sin. We have this reality and we, I, I think we struggle with this. We struggle with getting down and let's quit dealing with the symptoms and let's deal with the source. I think we find ourselves in a culture that just wants to say, okay, everybody be nice. Instead of digging down and saying, what's causing the hostility? What's the root to all the conflict? And it's the raging in our heart of either pride or envy or greed or there's something in our heart that causes all of these external actions. And so it's first, most important for us when we talk about peace, it's not like we all join hands and stand in a circle and sing Kumbaya. That's just some false sense of peace. It's not signing a treaty with each other and just kind of laying down our arms and just waiting for a moment to pick them back up and start shooting. It's this understanding that I'm gonna do the hard work of, of realizing that all of these externals are rooted in my heart, in my soul that I need to do business with. And Jesus came to remedy that problem. So today as we look at this, I didn't want to skip the fact that I think a lot of times within churches, within religion, within faith communities. We like to talk about love, which I think we should. It's the greatest gift to mankind, right? We like to talk about all the good things, and sometimes we avoid the hard conversations. You ever have somebody come to you and say, hey, man, can can we meet? Because I got something difficult I gotta talk to you about. I always hate that, you know? (laughs) I get a lot of those phone calls, actually. And so you sit down and, and, and you're like, all right, go ahead. And it just feels like you're, you're a punching bag at times. And, and so it's in those moments. I don't like those moments. Who likes those moments? And so sometimes what we do is because we don't like the difficult conversations, we avoid them. And we come to scripture, and Jesus wants the disciples to know, I'm calling you to do something that is gonna require you to face something that I don't want you to avoid. Because at the heart of all conflict, at the heart of all war, fighting, and the hostility is sin. So we must recognize that first. Sin is the source, not the symptom. So how do we establish peace? And this is a good question. Listen, if somebody, well, let me, let me phrase it like this. I think we're, most of us are afraid as we get older of the C word, cancer. It's true, I was reading some statistics and they were talking about how many people, every family is affected somehow by cancer. And so the, the reality is you, you go to the doctor and you, you have this moment with the doctor and he goes, hey, uh, I got some bad news. You go, doc, what is it? He goes, you've got cancer. You know, that, that'll sober you up really quick. There's a moment that, you know, your life hits a pause button in in that time. And not a whole lot ounce in life seems important. And you have that moment, you go, okay. Well, the next sentence is most important. Is there a cure? Is there a cure, doc? Is there a treatment? Can I fight this? Because see, the worst news is you have cancer, but it's untreatable. And I think when we come to the spiritual place and we have this hard conversation, what I want you to see is Jesus is calling the disciples to share some good news because the bad news already exists. We see that the humankind, that we have this human nature given to us from Adam passed on to all humanity that we're sinful by nature. Tell people all the time, we don't have to teach people to be bad. You don't look at your kids and go, man, you gotta like live a little, you gotta do something bad. No. We're always trying to corral and say, listen, you need to make good choices. You need to make wise choices. You need to be good. The human nature passed on was sinful and we all have this issue. And Jesus came to remedy it, to bring peace where there's been a divide, to mend what has been broken. It's incredible. And so he empowers these disciples with this task or this mission of peacemaking. The one thing that I want you to see this morning is that a peacemaker is one who gets involved in restoring peace where it's been lost and is so desperately needed. This whole idea of of peace again is this reality that because sin is the root cause, our our mission, the disciples' mission, was to show how that could be remedied. How many of you love to have a conversation with your friends about their sinful condition? (laughs) The truth is, I, I personally, I struggle with this sometimes because I feel like it's associated with the uh, one church is always holding up the banner, you know, turn or burn. And you know, you're gonna, you know, you do this, you're gonna burn in hell and all of this. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm gonna be associated with them. The, The reality is, there is, the reality of hell exists. It is the consequence of sin that's not been remedied. But Jesus did not come with a banner. He did not come with a sign. What he came with was a message of repentance and hope. He came with a solution. He came with a remedy. He came with a cure. And we also need to understand, how do I embrace this posture? How do I have the heart? A peacemaker, I'm just going to throw this out, a peacemaker is not some weak need feeble person that's like, let's just talk about peace. No, it's somebody who has the courage to step into moments, to get uncomfortable and to be in that moment and say, Hey man, I need to talk to you about something that's critical for your life and for your eternity. That's a peacemaker. It's somebody who actively takes steps to create peace, to bridge what has been divided, to restore and mend what has been broken. But I think um, we refrain from that, we're scared of that at times because it can be like, oh, so you're the self-righteous one. You're that church guy No, listen, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I'm a beggar that was given bread, told to give others bread. The reality is we are just, we're all in that same boat rowing together only by the grace of God I am what I am. And when we have a haughty, arrogant spirit and we have some self-righteous, condemnation-oriented, judgmental attitude, we are not reflecting the character and nature of God. And I've seen that, it's like, well, you're, you're sinful and you're dying, you're going to hell and all this, and it's like a mic drop for him, and, yeah, you know? And I'm like, Jesus did not do that, he walked into the situation, he loved them where they were, he didn't compromise truth. He didn't make them feel fuzzy inside. He was honest but loving. And if we can get this right, Jesus told us, speak the truth in love. As I heard it put in the past, truth without love is abuse. And I believe love without truth is neglect. We have to have those coexist. But we need to understand that if we're going to find peace, peace will never be reached in our culture, in our churches, in our communities, in our families, in our marriages unless we do the hard work of finding the source and seeking the cure. And what is the cure? The cure is what Jesus' mission was all about. He went to the cross to create the bridge of what had been broken and divided, to restore what had been ruined, to give us hope in a hopeless situation he stepped into this sinful world and he, he took on the suffering, the condemnation. He took our judgment. He didn't judge us. He took our condemnation. He didn't condemn us. He did all of this for us. Why? So we could have peace with him. So we could have peace with him. Somehow people look at God as this very condemning, judgmental, legalistic, all of this. I'm like, he's the most loving God that you could ever imagine that took the pain and the sin of a mankind that he didn't deserve so that we could have a cure, a hope, a remedy for the divide that exists between us and him. It's powerful. If I had to say, there are a couple sentences I wanted you to grab a hold of, this is one of them. For Jesus, peace required total sacrifice. Didn't go halfway to the cross. He wasn't like, well, I'm a good moral teacher. I've told you a bunch of stories. Healed a lot of people. Did a few miracles. No, he went to the cross. He bore the sin of mankind on the cross. So listen, for Jesus, peace required total sacrifice. For us, peace requires total surrender. This isn't, well, you know, I... Jesus is a part of my life or I think that's kind of cool. I think I'll try Jesus. No, no, no. When you understand what Jesus has done for you, his total sacrifice, then our response in order to achieve peace is total surrender. I totally lay my life before you, Jesus, and I accept your gift of forgiveness and salvation and peace. So this is important. This is important that we recognize this in We need to be keenly aware of the fact of our own spiritual status, our own spiritual state. This isn't about memorizing the books of the Bible. This isn't about teaching Sunday school classes or church attendance. This isn't about your giving record. Let me just ask you, have you made peace with God? Has there been a time in your life you've dealt with the root and you've sought Jesus' solution? You've put your faith in his sacrifice on the cross and said, Jesus, I'm trusting you to forgive my sin, to save my soul, and to bridge the gap that exists that sin created. If you haven't done that, That's the first step. And then you share that with others. Can you imagine a time if you were cured from a deadly disease and you were just like, I can't believe it. My life was flashing before me. I had no hope, but then this cured me and your neighbor has the same thing, but you're like, I hope they get help. Hope they find the same people that I found, but I'm not gonna, I don't wanna offend them. I don't wanna knock on their door or talk to them or anything. No, you, you would say that's ludicrous, that's crazy. Why would you not? We have the greatest cure in the world for the greatest disease. And we have the greatest message of hope. God, help us share it. It's not always going to be accepted. It's not always, in our society, it's not even politically correct. That's a personal thing. It isn't a private matter. Well, it is a personal thing, but the truth is, we need to do the hard work of saying, "Let let me share with you how you can have peace with God. So the first thing is this vertical peace that we need to have with our creator, that Jesus came to create that bridge. The second thing is a peacemaker is also one who helps people find peace with each other. There's not conflict with people today, right? I have conflict in families or marriages or friendships or communities or the world. Yeah, the truth is we do. And a peacemaker, if I put it this way, is somebody who takes the first step, who is courageous, compassionate, humble, and takes the first step into a situation to try to bring peace where there's conflict. I was always, my wife will tell you, even in our marriage, if there was conflict, I got a great solution the way I used to handle it. was It was always the silent treatment. Yeah, and so this is the way it would go down. You know, we'd have a little time where we disagreed, and then I'm just quiet. Godly quiet, though. (laughs) It was a godly quietness. It was beautiful. And uh, I was praying in the spirit. The the reality is, I wasn't going to step in there. I wanted her to come to me. Right? Peacemakers... Don't wait for someone else to step into difficult situations, situations where there's conflict, unresolved things. They step in when it's uncomfortable and say, hey man, like those kids, let's talk about why there's conflict. And let's try to reach a place where we can have peace. Now the misnomer is this. The peace is reached by compromise. You show me in scripture where Jesus ever compromised. He never compromised truth, he didn't compromise who he was, the message that he came to share, he didn't compromise. Peace is not about compromise. We don't always have to agree on things. But when we disagree, we don't need to be disagreeable. We can learn to respect differences, even though I think you're wrong right now the way we we do it that's okay I have an opinion that I think's right that's why I have an opinion you have an opinion you think's right that's why you have an opinion you know what usually happens is these opinions collide and they create all this conflict and then we look at each other going I can't believe them Instead of going in and saying, hey man, I notice there's tension between us. It's really hurting my spirit. We may not be able to agree on what, what is going on right now. I'm not looking to agree necessarily, but I would love this tension to go away. Can we agree to disagree? Can we get rid of all of this animosity or bitterness or anger, whatever has gotten into our heart and throw it to the side and say, God has no place for that in his kingdom. Ultimately, ultimately it is this, a peacemaker trusts God in the process of striving for peace but also with the results of peace. Because peace can't always be achieved. I've dealt with situations where, you know what, I want peace to exist here, but it can't. Because in order for peace to exist, both parties have to agree. And sometimes that's not possible. And so what's critical is that I come before God and I say, God, I'm gonna try to Be a peacemaker the way you've called me to be a peacemaker. I'm gonna trust you with this process. God, guide me by the power of your spirit. But also let me trust you with the result. I don't have to manufacture something. Just be the ambassador of peace. Just be the ambassador of peace. Last thing I'll leave you with today is what i've been speaking with almost with every beatitude and that is let's not get this wrong and try to do something incredibly spiritual in the power of the flesh cuz man it is easy to do galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says this and i love it it says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace The evidence, the outflowing of the spirit of God working in the people of God is peace. And so it's to come before God and say, God, by your spirit, reveal to me my own stuff so that I can be a person of peace, so that I can be an ambassador of peace, so that I can enjoy and experience peace in my own soul but may we not work in our own power to try to accomplish something that takes divine power. Man, we gotta get this right. Then he says at the end, that you may be called the sons of God. You ever hear somebody go, man, you remind me of your dad. You remind me of your mother. Sometimes that can be good and sometimes that can be bad. It depends on the conversation that they were, they were sharing, right? But wouldn't it be great if that would be said of you? You remind me of the Heavenly Father. You remind me of our Heavenly Father. You're reflecting His heart. I don't know if there's a better compliment We're peacemakers because he was the greatest peacemaker. We reflect his heart in this broken, divided world. May we be ambassadors of peace to our family, our friends, our communities, and those around us. We have the greatest message. Don't avoid the root issue. And let's find hope and peace as God has called us to pursue it. So today, I'll give you three questions, kind of takeaways to really dig into it a little bit. First one is, who do you need to have a spiritual conversation with? Is there somebody in your life, in your family, in your world, in your workplace that you just, you need to have a spiritual conversation with? Don't, It doesn't need to be weird or confrontational or like this big moment. Just have a conversation with them. Ask them a question. Maybe the question is, man, why do you think there's so much peace missing in the world? Talk about it. Let them see the root, let them see the cure, and may God by his spirit give them a peace in their soul and a peace in their life that they've never experienced before. The second question is Is there a human relationship that you need to have the courage to step into to seek peace? It saddens my heart that the church would be a place where there's tension and unresolved um, conflict, and everybody kind of just leaves it out there. Step into it, step, ha, be the peacemaker. Not the peace watcher or peace observer. Be the peacemaker. The one who's willing to take that first step to try to seek peace. And leave the results to the Lord. You don't have to create it. You can't create it. Just go offer it. And then the last, are you asking the Spirit of God to empower you to be the messenger, the ambassador of peace? Father, this morning, we just bow before you. You are the one who loves us in a deep, incredible way that we have a hard time even comprehending. And Jesus, you are the greatest peacemaker. You have come to bridge that barrier, to close that divide, to mend what was broken, and restore us to a rightful relationship with the Father. So Jesus, we, we thank you. Help us also do that with those around us. May we not hide the message of hope. May we seek to take the first step, have those maybe uncomfortable or awkward conversations because we care enough about the people around us to do it. And so God, we just commit all of this to you. And we thank you, we praise you in your holy name, amen.